This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I, you know, heard those stories when I was very, very young at a young age, and the power of giving back to the community, I always felt like that was such an important attribute to have as an adult, to know that, you know, when you grow and you do become successful in life, it's so important to figure out a way to give back to the community. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest is an absolute badass. And we're going to, you guys are going to get to go ahead and know her and understand why I am saying she's an absolute badass. So let me go ahead and introduce her. She is an attorney who has successfully litigated high asset dissolution matters, as well as high conflict custody trials. She has also worked with dozens of military clients in litigating complicated issues unique to military families, like deployments and the military retirement division. She enjoys facilitating settlement negotiations to avoid costly trials. And I got to say, she is totally passionate about what she does. And this is why I was a thousand percent drawn to her and I had to have her on the podcast. So please help me by welcoming Amanda Hill. Hey, Amanda. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday, girl. So I want, so I know you, right? And you and I have met a couple of times, 
but I want the audience to know you. So tell me, take me through like your story. What is it exactly that attracted you to law? So yeah, sure. So law in general, um, I was an undergraduate at Cal Poly Pomona and I actually was pre-med at first and I started getting into the chem and the physics classes and I just was on the struggle bus and I realized in speaking with um, somebody who's very near and dear to my heart, my grandpa, um, you know, he pointed out to me, you know, you're really good at arguing and you're really good at articulating yourself. And, um, you, you used to do speech in under, you know, in other, uh, school events and when you were younger and you love to advocate for people who are disadvantaged. Um, so why don't you think about a different career that, you know, you're more well-suited for? And of course, at first I was a little bit offended, like, no, 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 I could do this. I could do this. And then I realized, well, why don't I collaborate things that I'm good at with something, um, that I'm more passionate about as well. And so I, I switched majors, switched to poli sci, um, got really involved in that and, uh, was really excited about that. And in doing that, I met a lot of cool people, um, and I switched to gearing towards going to law school and wanting to, um, help people that way. And I really jumped into it deep. I did a lot of internships. I did the justice Corps program, um, in undergraduate where I worked directly at the courthouse, helping people who don't have the financial ability to hire an attorney. And, um, I was only, I think 20 years old and I was there helping people going through divorces who, you know, are in their forties or fifties and they're sitting there with one child on their lap and another pushing in the stroller. And I'm sitting there trying to gather information to help them file for divorce or a restraining order against an abuser. And that's really where I really developed my passion for helping people specifically in family law, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so like you're, you know, you're, you're 20 years old and here you have this mom who is trying to go ahead and, um, seek your service, your services for a divorce. Um, and there's all of these things happening for her. You know, um, one thing that drew me to you and your work is, um, your ability to go ahead and see the client, um, and really allow yourself to like express that level of compassion. And even though you might, you know, at 20 years old, obviously, you know, you're not, you don't have any kids of your, you know, you're, you're not at that space. You're, you're trying to figure your life out with regards to your career, but it it is, it's that level of compassion um, and that, that desire for understanding. Where would you say you got that from? Is that something you learned in childhood? Is that something you had to do for mom or dad? Yeah, you know, um, I came from a very humble background. Um, I'm the first to graduate from college. Neither of my parents graduated from college. Um, They were very, obviously, very hard workers, and I appreciate everything they've done for me. But um, I, from a very young age, um, spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and um, they helped raise me. They lived down the street from me, and they always taught me to you're never better than anybody else. And if you can reach out and help somebody um, with whatever, you know, talents that you do have, um, you should utilize those talents and you should help other people 
Um, and, uh, you know, around this time of the year, I, I always get very emotional because um, when my grandparents started, they built their um, estate by essentially buying some properties back in the 80s and 90s. Um, they gave back to the community. They found needy families and um, every Christmas time they would go and take them to the store and help their children get gifts and um, clothes for them that they couldn't necessarily afford. And so when I, you know, heard those stories when I was very, very young at a young age and the power of giving back to the community, I always felt like that was such an important attribute to have as an adult to know that, you know, when you grow and you do become successful in life, it's so important to figure out a way to give back to the community. Absolutely. You know, you speak a lot about grandma and grandpa. Why were they such a huge, like, role model for you over mom and dad? So, I mean, my parents are definitely still a huge influence for me as well. But, um, you know, they did live down the street from me and they um, they would help with drop off and pick up, you know, when I was young. Uh, my parents worked, so they helped with, you know, dropping me off at school, picking me up from school. Um, they had a office at their house where I essentially set up a whole uh, study space for me. And my Nana would make me, you know, coffee or hot cocoa and bring me that while I'm studying for my exams all the way through, um, you know, even when I was an undergrad. So um, I would go there and I would study there. Um, and so it was that safe space for me. Um, and, you know, I'll never forget it because it helped me get to where I'm at. Yeah. So divorce couples, um, litigation, tell me why that is like your zone of genius. Like why, like, what is it? Like for me, I absolutely love working with couples. I love working with women. Mm -hmm. I can work with other individuals. Um, however, like when I'm working and helping like build up that muscle for women, like helping them step outside of their comfort zone and really, really empowering them or with couples, helping them see past, like help them see past, like, you know, their pain, like being able to go ahead and heal it and look at it from a different perspective. What is it about this particular population that just like pulls on your heartstrings? So, so just to make sure I understand your question, you mean like uh, just divorced couples in general, or, or are you asking me like specifically what type of clients do I generally work with? Yeah. What, like, which are the clients that you absolutely love working with? Obviously you can help a wide variety, a wide range, but sure. which ones are like sure. the ones that you're like, hell yeah, I'm in it. Sure. So it's, 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 um, it's interesting. I have two specific categories of clients that I tend to develop a great working relationship with. And one of them is, um, military, um, personnel who are active duty or veterans, um, uh, also military spouses, cause they have their own complexities that they deal with in their lives, especially if they're, they're mothers. Um, and then I would say the second category of clients that I generally work with are, um, kind of similar to who you work with, which are high achieving working moms who maybe own a small business or who um, are higher income earners, but they're kind of trying to juggle it all. You know, they're running their household, they're running their marriage, and then they're running a business or they're, you know, working full time and they're navigating the issues that arise when having to juggle all of that in, you know, yeah. in a marriage. And, and sometimes it becomes, um, 
an issue that they can't get, they can't work through. Um, I will say that some of those clients do tend to, um, it takes them a long time to get to a place where they're ready to move forward um, because they are usually type A and they want to make everything work in their life. And yeah. so, um, and, and and listen, I'm not in a place where I want my clients to feel like I am trying to tell them that the only solution out there is to file for the divorce. That's actually the yeah. opposite of what I want to convey. I, I definitely always make sure that I have a good conversation with them about where they really are at in their decision-making process and making sure that if this is really the right decision for them, or if maybe they really need to go back to the drawing board and see if there's other options available before actually going forward with the process. Absolutely. What are the questions or what do you see happening most frequently with regards to high achieving women when they come to you? Like where are they at when they come to you? Sure. Um, I think it definitely varies, but a lot of times they're at a place where for several years, um, if not years, at least several months, they've already known that their relationship is not great. Um, But again, they're so busy in all other aspects of their lives that they finally decided something triggered them to finally make the phone call um, and to reach out. But even then, when I have that conversation with them, they still want to know what all their options are. So I tend to see this pattern of um, even when they're making that phone call and they've known, okay, let me at least make the phone call and call an attorney. They still are like, okay, let me think about it. I'm going to digest this information mm-hmm. and then you know I'll get back to you. And oftentimes, I, I would say the average right now, we've actually been keeping track of this, um, is that I, I wouldn't say it's usually between 60 and 90 days that they actually will be like, okay, you know what? I think I'm ready Wow! because as women, I really feel like they are, we, we are creative problem solvers, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we always want to try to sit and think and talk it out. Is there a way that we can salvage this? Is there an option that we can take? that is one step less than really going forward with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they want to feel like they're making the best decision versus men. And my, and I tend to see with my male clients that when they come to me, they've already made the decision about two months ago. They've made a few of their own moves on their own. And when they hire me, they're ready to, they're ready to, so to speak, pull the trigger and go forward. And and they're far more decisive in that way. Um, but I do think as problem solvers, um, mm-hmm. there's more of a, it's more of a conversation that first yeah. initial contact that I have with them. It's a conversation of, okay, deep breath. What are my options? Cause this is, this is hell that I'm going through. And is this the right choice for me? One question I often get from women, um, is how do I know this relationship is over? You know, how do yeah. I know that the relationship has run its course and it's time to separate and maybe, you know, divorce, you know, l- look towards the path of divorce. And for me, you know, there are certain indicators of, yeah, you know, it looks like we're here, you know, and that's, you know, some of the questions I'll ask is, you know, can you see your husband with someone else, you know, and what feelings yeah. do you have about them being with somebody else? you know, has the arguments gotten so bad that there's literally not one moment that you can remember where you guys are not arguing, you know? Um, Mm. Another thing is, you know, where are you at emotionally? 
do you find yourself just being completely emotionally checked out? There are obviously other questions that I ask, you know, just to see, just to kind of assess where, where they're at, how I can help and in what ways am I going to help? For you, what are some clear indications? I love that you separated the men and the female. Like females, they'll, you know, come in, you know, although they feel ready, you know, they take about the 16 to 90 days until they're like, okay, we're ready to pull the trigger. We're men, you know, and it's really interesting how you said we're men. They've already done some of the work on their own and they've already made moves, you know, towards really ending the relationship. And so now they've recruited you to just let's go ahead and make this happen legally. Um, what would you say are like some signs for you? So for the women that are like, e, they're back and forth. What would you say are signs for you where, you know what, it's maybe it's not time and maybe, you know, they can go that route of, you know, therapy and reconciling. Yeah, definitely. I would say, and, and to be clear, there are times where I have a mm-hmm. conversation with somebody and I tell them, you know what, I don't think you're ready to sign up. I don't think That's you're what ready I love to start about you. this process. That's what I love about you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you are. And, and you're, and I will repeat back some of the things that they've said to me. You've just told me this to me that, that makes me believe that you're not sure if this is the right decision. So I want you to go talk to a therapist, confide in, mm-hmm. in friends, speak to somebody who you trust within your family and really have a good heart to heart with them about whether this is something that you truly want or whether you feel so lost in this relationship, but maybe there are tools out there that can help you navigate through it while remaining in the relationship. And maybe you give yourself a time frame to figure those things out, to gather those tools. But maybe let's say in six months, if you feel like, nope, things haven't changed and I've tried to utilize those tools or you know what, I can only change myself. I can't change him and it's Mm -hmm. not working out and Mm -hmm. he's not willing to do the changes or putting in those efforts. Then at least you can say you did everything you could and you're going to trust me. You're going to feel much better about that decision once you do decide to make it. Mm -hmm. That right there is what, uh, again, what drew me. There's not a lot of attorneys that will do that. It's like, okay, listen, I don't, your sob story, go ahead and give to somebody else. Are we doing this? Are we not? Or, you know, I've heard women um, who have like, you know, I've, I've counseled who have said like, I, I felt like I was signing papers and it just felt like everything was expedited. And I really wasn't given an opportunity to just kind of like sit in it for a minute. You know, it felt yeah. like, nope, Divorce is the option. This is where we're going to go, you know, and boom, 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 boom. And it's done. uh, This is truly what sets you apart from other attorneys. Um, Why do you use that approach? I mean, I think it's important in an attorney client relationship that it really is a relationship um, in that it's a good fit. Because I have found that when somebody feels pressured, not by me, but maybe like an outsider, a third party or a family member, you should just leave that guy. Mm -hmm. Like, what Mm -hmm. are you still putting up with his shit for? Mm -hmm. Part of my French. No, girl, we cuss all day here. But, you know. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, all day, all day. So, so, you know, you'll, you'll hear that and you'll, and I'll get that in that initial consult. They'll tell me, you know, my, my friends or my mom told me I really should leave this guy or Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, but what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what you want? And, and so that's important to me because, um, I, 
think that not everybody's going to be a good fit. And I can't take, I can't take every client that I speak with because it's not, it's not going to be good for me, but it's, it's more importantly, not going to be good for them. And it's so important to have a good fit with your attorney because it's one of the hardest things, maybe the hardest thing that somebody goes through in their life. And so if, if, if it's not a good um, personality fit, then it's really going to make that process even worse for the client. It really is. And I'm very clear of what the expectation is from that initial, you know, contact that I have with the clients that the way I practice is very transparent, very to the point and good, bad, and ugly. You're going to hear it from me, even if it's critical feedback that I have to give to you on maybe some missteps that have been taken on your part. And I always say this too, is, is trust me, I'm not your therapist, but maybe you should speak to one because that's not my role. I'm your legal counsel. If you need mental health um, assistance, or if you really just need somebody to speak to, to mm-hmm. coach you through this process, to help you with the emotional aspect of this, I've got somebody, mm-hmm. um, but that's not me. And yeah. so I, I, I definitely make that clear distinction from the very beginning. I love that. The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Yeah, I've said those exact words a hundred times to my friends after realizing that the man I said I do to wasn't the same person. Or was I just imagining it? But here's what I finally realized that changed things for me almost overnight. I started to use four simple and effective steps that changed our communication and connection for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I got excited and started showing my clients and they too were seeing changes instantly. Whether you've been married for one year or 15, these tips work and I can't wait to share them with you. Girl, I got you. I want to personally invite you to my live two-hour online workshop. This is for moms who have said, the empty promises just aggravate me so much. He says he will do something or take care of something, then he doesn't. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel in a constructive manner. He takes it personally and attacks me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I am a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. So if this is you and you are ready to get off this hamster wheel, then allow me to guide you through this four-step process. I can't wait to meet you personally. So again, this is a two-hour live workshop. And for whatever reason, if you cannot attend, girl, I got you. This will be recorded, which means you will have lifetime access. This is for women only. If you are ready to go from roommates to lovers, then let's go ahead and step outside of our comfort zones together. Allow me to guide you. If you're ready, what I'd like you to do is go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that is empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Get ready, mama, because we are about to do some work. So let's say we're there, right? Um, We're there in that space where it's like, you know what? 
I'm, I'm done. I'm emotionally checked out. I can see my husband with somebody else. Hell, I'd even match him with somebody else at this point. The argument has gotten so bad that um, there is no form of reconciling. I've gone through couples therapy and, you know, either he continues to cheat or I'm just, I'm already moved out. So what are the steps um, that maybe someone should make either before calling you or when they call you? Sure. Um, so it really obviously does vary depending on the financial picture. I will say that's the biggest impact I will say as far as how much preparation you need to do. But I would say the two biggest factors is, you know, how many assets you have mm -hmm. and how much work you're going to need to kind of put into preparing that documentation. But it would also be if you have children, because obviously if there's children involved, that's yeah. a game changer. And there's a totally different approach to the process. And you always want to keep the, you know, children at top of mind when it comes yeah. to how to navigate that process. So I would say in, in regards to preparation, um, it's really mentally preparing yourself for the long haul, because in California specifically, you cannot get divorced any sooner than six months. That's the mm -hmm. minimum. And I would say the average time it takes to finalize a divorce process is between 12 months to two years. Wow. So, and that's with, you know, maybe a middle of the road type case that has a few issues, maybe a home, some children, maybe the, the parties or, or the wife and husband are arguing over, you know, some aspects of it, but maybe they have some agreements. So it is mentally, part of the process is mentally preparing yourself to what that's going to look like. And so um, I think it's important to keep that in mind before starting the process of not thinking that, okay, now that you are mentally prepared to start the process, that it's going to happen right away. Yeah, and I definitely. make that very clear distinction to the client mm -hmm. that I'm glad that you you're, you feel confident that you're ready to make this decision, but that doesn't mean that now that you're ready to start the process, that the process is going to be complete overnight. It yeah. definitely isn't, you know? Um, and I think that having your kind of core um, group ready to go is good. Obviously there are caveats to that. What I mean by that is if there is domestic violence in play or, you know, you're fearful of your safety, that's a totally different ball game. And you want to make sure that, you know, I would say in that regard, speak to counsel much sooner to make mm -hmm. sure you're not making moves that are putting yourself in danger yeah. or risking the safety of you and your children. So mm -hmm. that's definitely, um, a more serious time where you would say, okay, before I do anything, I need to speak to an attorney first so I can get assistance with how to navigate this to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in a situation that's not going to cause me to be unsafe um, yeah. or my children unsafe. Definitely. Yeah. One of the biggest hurdles I find when women are in that space of, okay, I think I'm ready to um, contact a divorce attorney. Um, usually when they're in that space, it's so crazy. And this happens every single time they're thinking it, you know, they're trying to go ahead and get their mind wrapped around it. And then they'll come back in and say, well, shit, my husband already filed, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, now, you know, I've, now I feel like the talk, the, the clock is ticking and I have all these deadlines and my ass was just thinking about it. He totally pulled the trigger. Um, how do we find the right attorney? 
How do we know we have a really good attorney that has our back? Because this is something I hear all of the time. You know, I've went to this attorney and this attorney didn't even hear anything I had to say. I went to this attorney and this attorney, it sounds like they just want my money. And I'm just being billed for all of these things. And I don't know why there's like this lack of communication. So as a, as a divorce attorney, what would, what tips can you give us to go ahead and find the right attorney and ask the right questions? Sure. So I, I, I think it's important to know as the potential client, what your goals are and figuring out in mm. your own head before even speaking to somebody, what are your goals? Because everybody has different goals. Some people's goals are, he screwed me over. So I don't care. Let's do everything to get back at him. Yeah. And you know what? I don't judge those people. Those people need to work through what they're working through and get to a place that hopefully they're not no longer in that space later on. Yeah. But if that's their goal, then they need, then, then that type of person is going to be looking for somebody who is going to be aggressive and maybe aggressive even unnecessarily so. And you know, that, because you don't want to set the expectation that my goal is X, but an attorney is, is not going to do those things for you, that particular attorney. Yeah. Right. And sense. so setting those goals up first for to, to be another, to give you another example is if your goal is settlement, but you see that that attorney is always about litigation and we'll beat the other side in court. Well, that's definitely not going to be a good fit, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're probably going to suggest to you strategy that's not going to fit with what your core goals are for yeah. how to get you out of this process. Yeah. So, you know, and, and also I think early on when you have that first call with an attorney, you're going to hear in the tone of their voice, the way they listen to you whether they are going to be a good fit and whether you need that from your legal counsel. Because there are some people who I speak with who say, you know what, I feel like I can handle some of the paperwork on my own. I just need to know I'm doing it correctly. Well, then, you know, that attorney or, or that person, potential client, um, they, they may not, you know, need certain things from their attorney. They may not need the hand holding, but there are other people that go, I'm so overwhelmed with this process. Yeah. How can you get me out of it? And I just need this sense of relief. Okay. Then you know that you're going to need somebody who's willing to, and also able and has the capacity to, to provide that assistance. That's going to be on a more personal level as well as on a more regular level because there are some firms that they're too, they, they have too many cases, they're too overworked, they don't have enough staff, and you're probably not going to hear from them very often. Well, if that's important to you to be able to have that regular contact and be updated regularly or be able to have availability to speak to them when you need them, then you need to make sure that they have the capacity to take on your case in your particular situation. That makes so much sense. I love how you broke that down. I would have never thought about that. I, I, I would have gone straight to like, you know, um, what are their expertise, but you went straight to going, go back to you. What do you want? What's your mission? If you want to get his ass back and you're like in vendetta mode, first off, go to therapy, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but yeah, if you're <laughs> yeah. In, right. But if you're in vendetta mode, it's like, all right, well then, you know, a, 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 a um, attorney that is not in that vendetta mode and is looking at, you know, mediation or whatever it's probably not the best fit. And so I love how you put that back on the clients because it's, there's this 
empower this empowering component to it. Like I feel empowered because I can go ahead and make this decision by really laser focusing on what is my goal? What do I want the outcome to look like? And it sounds like when you pick up that phone to contact this attorney, being very, very clear, this is the goal that I'm looking for. Are you able to help me? And at what capacity? What other questions would you say would be important for us to ask when we're on the phone with an attorney? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, how long would it take for me to, once I make the decision to move forward with filing for the divorce, how long with your firm would it take for us to actually get the process started and get it filed with the court? Um, What is your process like to contact um, and get him and get him or her served? Um, I would ask, what is your availability and what is your normal practice um, with clients as far as your availability to take phone calls? How regularly do you get back to your clients? Mm-hmm. Because time and time again, you know, I'll have people call me who, who've had an, an attorney in the past and they're jaded because they never heard yeah. back from their attorney or they only heard back from their attorney once a month and it was to for them to pay another retainer or mm-hmm. it was because, you know, you know, shit hit the fan and now we got to really move and do something. So the amount of communication and contact you're going to get from that particular attorney, um, you want to ask that right from the get when you have that conversation is, okay, at your firm, how often should I be expected to hear from you? How often should I be updated on my case? Um, What is our relationship going to look like as far as what am I going to be responsible for as far as providing you what information and documents? Um, and so on and so forth, because you want to know, okay, what am I setting myself up for? If I sign Mm -hmm. up with this attorney and I'm hiring this individual to navigate me through this legal process, how are they going to guide me through it? And is, and is that what I need? If what they can provide is what I need, then it's probably a good fit. But if they're saying, you know, well, we've got a lot of case cases right now, or, you know, um, we really pride ourselves on being litigation um, attorneys and we'll go to court and we'll go to bat for you, but that's not what you want. And that's not what your goal is. Then that's not going to be a good fit. And it's totally acceptable and respectable to say, you know what? I don't know if this is going to be a good fit and then call somebody else. It's okay to wait and make sure you really have a good, I really find it important, at least for me, that it's a a personality fit. It really does have to be a good personality fit. You don't have to be best friends and sure, I don't think you need to be best friends and probably not healthy to be best friends with your legal counsel, but you do want to make sure that you're going to be able to meet the ex, they're going to be able to meet your expectations Mm -hmm, and they believe mm -hmm. your expectations are reasonable. Bingo. Bingo. Can you give us maybe two or three red flags to look for when we're, you know, in this hiring process? Oh, sure. When I would say the biggest one is when an attorney tells you without actually listening to you, that they can get you everything you're asking for. Mm. They're going to get you $5,000 in spousal support. They're going, don't worry, you're going to keep all the assets. Or don't worry, we're gonna, I'm going to make sure you keep this house. If they make big promises right from that first call, red flag. They don't know mm. enough about you to prom- make those promises to you. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get you signed on. Yeah. So that's a big red flag. I would say the second red flag is, they interrupt you and don't hear you out. Meaning if they don't at least give you three to five minutes in that first phone call to just let you 
vent about why you were making this phone call, they're not going to ever give you time to speak and hear you out throughout the entire mm-hmm. process. Love that. So if so, make sure that the person you're speaking with, of course, they're going to at some point have to interject and kind of keep the conversation going. But if they don't at least give you three to five minutes of their time in that first phone call, they're not going to give it to you later on when mm-hmm. you're actually signed on as a client. I would say that's the second one. And I would say the third one is um, they try to, it, let's say if you push back on the retainer and as a client and say, well, yeah, I don't know if I can afford that. And then they start negotiating with you. Mm. In my opinion, they don't actually value their own time. And I think an attorney who is confident in their skills is not going to negotiate their fees. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, you know what? You're going to gain this much value from me being your representative. Bingo. That, you know, just as I find that you have your own value in your space and your career and what you do for a living. Yeah. I value myself and my services. So if they start because maybe they're desperate for new clients or they're just trying to sign you up, they start trying to negotiate with you on that that initial phone call. That's a red flag for me too. Yeah. I, I a thousand percent agree. And I appreciate the way you just described that. If they do not value their time, they're, it is a thousand percent a red flag. They're trying to go ahead and figure out a way to go ahead and get you in, but the quality of service is not going to be there. You might get, you might, you know, have an attorney and at the same time, what type of attorney do you have? You have somebody that doesn't even believe, you know, or value their own work. And so why the hell would they value your life? You know, at the capacity that they, you need them to during that really difficult time where, I mean, it's not like we're asking, you know, for, you know, a kumbaya moment, we're literally going through divorce. And unfortunately, most divorces are not amicable, you know, and it does get dirty. And so you want somebody that that has that level of confidence going in, because if they have that self-confidence going in, they a thousand percent will go ahead and take that time to hear you and really, really build up your case to, again, not give you the world, but get you to a place where, you know, it's in line with some of your goals. I love that. I really, really love that. So why is it important that we contact a divorce attorney versus trying to do the divorce process on our own? Sure. So I'll, I'll start with this. You can do it on your own. Absolutely. I am not one of those attorneys that says, Oh, you can't, you'll fail and you'll mess mm-hmm. up your whole life if you mm-hmm. if you don't hire an attorney. I am not a doom and gloom attorney. That's not how I practice. In mm-hmm. fact, when some people who I speak with ask me that, I say, you know what? You may be able to. Absolutely. If you want, give it a try yourself. But here's a few warnings I'll give you, which is once you start doing stuff yourself, and let's say you make a mistake along the way, which is totally understandable because you don't do this for a living, it's hard to fix that problem. And it's a lot more expensive and stressful if you then have to hire an attorney to fix it because you weren't able to navigate it yourself. Yeah. Right. The, when you try to do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that the bigger deciding factor is really, you know, what do you have at stake? You know, mm. if, if you have children at stake, 
very important to, to, to talk to an attorney, at least at a consulting level, at least figure out, you know, what does California law say? What does, you know, what are my rights? Here's to specific to my situation. Yeah. And, you know, what are my options there? Um, if you have significant assets like property, investment accounts, retirement accounts, Again, at a minimum, you want to talk to at least get some information as far as a consulting aspect goes of what that even looks like to divide those types of accounts. Um, so, you know, it, but but there are also people who come to me and they're like, it's completely amicable. Mm -hmm. I We have a full agreement. Um, I really don't know if I need an attorney. And I will say to them, you may not, but yeah. wouldn't it be great to know that you have this agreement and you feel really confident about this agreement that it's written up and it's enforceable under California law. And you know that it was done correctly. So somebody can't try to unravel it. If somebody changes yeah. their mind down the line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Love so I, I think on all levels, it would be, it's always beneficial to have legal counsel because you get that peace of mind that, um, you know, it is complying with the law, but it the also law. is, you know, it also is, you feel good that if anything were to go awry in the future and maybe right now you guys are on good terms, but even mm -hmm. two months from now, because somebody starts dating again or mm -hmm. has a new significant other emotions come into play and that agreement is out the door. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're scrambling because you decided you thought you had an agreement, but things changed because things can change very rapidly during the divorce proceeding. Yeah. Even before you file, you can think, you know what, I'm just going to take my time with this process because we really are going to try to do this amicably. And then boom, overnight something happens Bingo. and now you're scrambling and you're in panic mode. Yeah. So I believe that if you are in a position where you know that the relationship is salvageable, to have that conversation initially with an attorney to know what your options are before you even decide you're going to ready, you're ready to file the paperwork. Love that. Love that. Amanda, I feel like we just took a class. Like literally, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> I owe you money right now. You gave us so much information. And like I said earlier, I appreciate not only your compassion, but like just that great sense of pride that you have in the work that you do. I absolutely love that about you. So for those of us that are listening and they're like, holy shit, totally need Amanda in my court. How do we find you? Sure. So you can find us online, um, um, knhlawgroup.com. Um, you can also find us, uh, find me on social media, Instagram, same thing, knhlawgroup. Mm -hmm. Um, we have TikTok. We're just building it. I mean, I'm a millennial, I'm not a Gen Zer, so we're just <laughs> building our TikTok handles. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, on, online, you obviously our phone number is 858-434-1020. Um, and you know, reach out to us. I, I, we have a whole team that's ready to take the, you know, talk to people. And again, we always make sure that it is a good fit, um, yep. before we, you know, move forward with that relationship. Amanda, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Oh, hey, it's Erin. 
And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.